right, Breaker One Niner out there on the interwebs. Get your ears on for the Fitness Skills Podcast from GMB, where we teach you how to get strong by practicing skills you actually want to learn and even have fun in the process. I'm Andy Fawcett. I'm not only the founder of the GMB Posse, I'm also a client. And uh, here on the other line with me is the hero of the GMB Epic Saga, our program director and head coach, Ryan Seahurst. Not it's very important. Not a cast yes. member of uh, of Sons of Anarchy or Saving Private Ryan or any of the other things that that other schmo has done. <laughs> Ryan Seahurst here. Ryan Seahurst. We I'm should in... just call you Doctor C from now on. C man. <laughs> C. You remember RC Cola? That was my drink. That was me. Even though I never drank stuff like that but i just thought it was cool that they had a drink named after me so wow rc cola yeah rc cola cool i, I don't know about you but uh, even growing up i never drank cola i just couldn't stand the stuff maybe um, not maybe but actually that's a great thing so yeah yeah i did not drink sodas or anything like that until i was probably 12 or so and there was uh, the peer pressure thing you know you uh, yeah i grew up in atlanta and atlanta is pretty much owned by coca-cola so if you did not drink coke you were not cool i could imagine wow yeah That's... yeah um <laughs> So that was that, and then I drank I drank colas for a little while, and then I got tired of them because they were too sweet. And then you graduated to beer. Yeah, well, you know, it's like uh, like in um in the movie Snatch, you know, Bricktop says, "No, thank you, Turkish. I'm I'm sweet enough. I'm and sweet enough. I'm, I am sweet enough. I don't I don't need all that stuff. It's a great movie. So yeah. yeah, it is. So today we're gonna answer a few questions about uh, a little bit about high intensity work, <gasps> about getting your cardio in. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, credentials. I love talking about credentials because I don't have any, and we're going to be talking about sleep, which is, I mean, obviously sleep is one of the more exciting topics that we could discuss. So we're going to hit all those things in just a minute, but first I want to say, uh, welcome to all of our new Alpha Posse lifetime members. We, we invited 40 people to join and 40 people joined and they are now in Alpha Posse and I've been speaking with some of them on the phone over the past few days and have uh, appointments to speak with a few more of them over the next few days. And they're uh, a wholly winning and wonderful group of people. They're all extremely good looking and uh, incredibly intelligent. And I'm, I'm proud to be associated with them. Sounds good to me, man. I, it's a winner right there. It winner. is. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Exactly. Yes. And another thing that's going on right now, uh, for about a week now and a few more days left at the time that we're going to post this podcast is that we're in the middle of our GMB well-hung photo contest. What could that ever be about? Uh, well, some of us are going to have an easier time than others with this. But <laughs> basically, uh, we're, we're asking people to take pictures. You know, if you got a pair of rings to take a picture and just kind of post them up on the Facebook page and uh, there's a special contest area for that and get people to vote on them and the photo that gets the most votes uh, that person is going to win a copy of Rings One or if they happen to have Rings One already we'll give them something else you know but uh, so yeah if you are well hung or even if you're just kind of marginally hung or you know kind of jerry rig hung or whatever uh, take a picture and post it up there uh, because we'd really like to see that. 
we get a lot of questions from people who want to know like how and where to hang your rings so these pictures are really helpful to other people as well as getting you the chance to win some cool stuff yeah we've already got some cool photos up there so be sure to participate in this contest yes absolutely um some things happening online lately uh well one thing that i uh should probably mention um al cavadlo obviously everyone knows i'm a big fan of al he's uh he's a good guy and he just started a forum over on his site and i am one of the moderators for said forum so uh yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, drop by there sometime and, uh, you know, check it out and say hi, and I'll say hi back. That's kind of the way we do things because I'm friendly. And uh, so definitely check that out. Um, also, uh, so, Ryan, on the blog this week, what have we got going on? Yeah, we got good one. Jarlo attended a workshop. I think it was last month, I believe, is when he went. Anyway, it was a workshop put on by Steve Atlas. And if you haven't heard of Steve Atlas, then you really need to check this guy out. He's he's amazing. And besides being just absolutely freaking ripped, um, he's got pretty good handstands. They're pretty good, you know, pretty good. And, of course, I'm joking because they're just amazing. The guy, um, very good energy, um, and he talked a lot, <clears throat> well, Jarlo, when he went there recently, uh, in one of his Facebook posts, he talks about meeting with his mentor and getting tons of renewed energy. And it just goes to show you that, you know, even if you're just amazing like Steve Atlas, I mean, one of the great hand balancers recently, uh, you still need a mentor. And uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit later regarding yeah. uh, coaching and things like that. But it's just really cool. Jarlo uh, on the blog talks about his experience in the Steve Atlas uh, seminar workshop, I believe it was a Work workshop. Workshop, a one-day workshop, yeah. Yeah, one-day workshop. Yeah, and we, and, we uh, mentioned this actually after Jarlo got back from it too. We actually yeah. mentioned on the podcast then too. And I kind of want to say like the reason that we talk about this and the reason that we wanted to review uh, the workshop and uh, Steve's DVD on the blog too is because, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of personalities out there and we just like to really show who we think is good. Uh, Steve yeah. is, you know, obviously a very skilled person, but he's also uh, seems like a very a very down to earth guy. You know, I I like his Facebook posts. Uh, he seems like a smart and a humble person, and uh, we like to we like to talk about people like that. And so if you if you got the the email or something and and haven't checked out that post because you're like oh i don't want to read about some workshop i'm not gonna go to <laughs> you should really go read it and hear what jarlo has to say or read what jarlo has to say because uh it's really more it's not i mean it is about steve and what he does but it's more about the kind of people that do really well yeah. the kind of personality that it takes to really succeed to really work hard and to really make fantastic progress and, um, you know, that whole teacher-student thing, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in a bit, too. But there's a lot of things in there. It's not just a review. Uh, so definitely check that out and, and check Steve out as well. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing about Steve, too. He, it's not, he's not a kind of guy who's been doing handstands his whole life or anything like that. The guy's only been doing them for three years, and he's just incredible. And it just goes to show that if you really focus on something and you have the desire for it, you can accomplish it. Um, Anyway, go check out Steve, the review on Steve Atlas. Yeah. 
Um, cool. Um, so Ryan, you wanted to talk about gimmicks. Yeah, it's I was uh, once again on Facebook. JC he posted something recently, um, and it's called the Spin Gym. And I was like, what? What the Wait, heck is this? I, I think I had one of those when I was, what, three? You, like, sit on it yeah. and spin around until you get dizzy? Well, actually, this is a little bit different. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, this, um, wow. It just basically looks like a ball on a string, and you pull it back and forth, and it's supposed to get rid of the underarm flab. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of some other very interesting products to come out over the past so year. So if we're talking about underarm flab, we're talk- probably targeted towards women, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah because if it, it were targeted at men, we'd probably just say, you know, do some extra grip work. Exactly. And you'll get rid of all of that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just hilarious. And I just think it's funny because I know that this thing is going to become, that's going to come here in Japan and it's going to be huge. And the reason why is because recently the, uh, what's it called? The, the handshake, what's it called? The, um, the shake weight. The shake weight right yes. now on all the commercials over here in Japan. And my wife was like, what the hell is that? And there is no better hand job training system on the market. Yeah, I tell you what, it's, yeah. I was like, sweetie, I think you need to get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the spin gym, I, I don't suggest checking out the homepage because it's just a waste of your time. But I just thought it was funny that everywhere you go, you got these gimmicks. And um, you know what? You can buy all that stuff. This is my personal opinion. You can buy all that you want, but it all comes down to doing a little bit of training and watching what you eat. That's all you need. So Yeah, well, I mean, of course, though, you know, all these gimmicks are total crap, but, you know, excluding our gimmick. That's exactly right. <laughs> right? Our gimmick being what i think uh focus on the basics work hard that yeah. that's a gimmick that that's you know that's a gimmick it, it might be of questionable value for some people i mean you know it depends on what you really want to get out of things sure. yeah and that's true yeah 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 something else though that i don't think is really gimmicky um ha 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 is uh there's a television show right now and it's called arrow based upon the what was it the green arrow is that right the um comic I, hero. I have I have very very little knowledge of TV yeah. or comic books. Yeah, you and I, I mean, we were the same. But I was searching through and uh, looking up some stuff um, about what was it? Muscle ups on the bar. I had a question about that, and I came across the I don't know if you guys or you. I'm I think you are, but the salmon louder ladder. Part of me, and this is basically. It's like a chin-up bar, but the bar on it is, what's a good way to describe this? It's free. So that what you're doing is as you chin up, you pull the bar out from the rack and place it in another rack above. So you're going up this ladder while performing pull-ups. So it's the Salmon Ladder, S-A-L-M-O-N Ladder. Go check it out. Anyway... So I'm doing research on uh, some muscle-ups on the bars, and I come across this, and this TV show, Arrow, right now I guess it's pretty popular in the United States, and it shows the lead character performing this. And I, th- I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Check, And I check out this Arrow TV show, and I watch um, 
the trailer for it and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool because it's got this lead character not only doing that, but he's also using like free running and parkour type movements along with the stuff. And, um, you know, not necessarily suggesting that you check out the TV show, but I thought it was kind of cool to show this kind of training in uh, a television show. Um, just kind of fun. And I think also um, over here, Sasuke is what it's called in Japanese. I think in the United States it's Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior, yeah. And yeah. I think they use that same um, same and ladder uh, in that as well. It's kind of cool. So I just thought that was neat to look at. Very neat. Yeah, I mean, personally, for me, um, ever since Magnum P.I. went off the air, I really have <laughs> not been very interested in, in things on TV. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's very cool to see uh, some yeah, interesting cool. movements uh, being used. Yeah, it was cool. cool. All right, let's, let's get into some Q&A. Some Q&A. All right. So, Ryan, how about this? Uh, here's, here's a, we, we get variations on this, but um, we actually, not too long ago, got an email from a guy who thought he'd really gotten us. Oh, I got you, suckers. I got you. <laughs> like, like I, I could just tell from the email. Like, he, he, was, he was pretty proud of himself. You know, he, he actually quoted, uh, you know, links to, like, three PubMed studies on there. Like, he, he took some time in this. And so... Basically, it goes like this. So studies have shown conclusively that elevating your heart rate for, you know, whatever amount of time per week or whatever is beneficial. Yet GMB is adamant that you don't need high-intensity work and conditioning in your training programs. What the hell is wrong with you guys? It's proven. There's a study. It's on PubMed. Everybody freaking knows that you have to get your heart rate up. Yeah, well, I guess we need to close up shop because, you know, we need to get out because we're not doing that. Well, well, you do need to get out. Yeah, we do need to get out. No, you know what? Um, it's it's funny, you know, that this particular individual said that because it just goes to show, obviously, they haven't really worked with our programs before. Um, we get our heart rate up a little bit in a different way. We're not out there doing treadmill running we're not out there you know bowling ball juggling tabatas tabatas and things like that okay we'd rather be out there having fun uh, maybe being outside doing something and instead of focusing on just doing the same old same old tabata like you mentioned or just just performing sprints actually um, we we suggest doing sprints in some of our stuff however how do we do our heart rate conditioning? Well, um, something Andy and I were just talking about earlier, and that was the the new F2 program. In the F2 program, and it goes for all of our programs, once you start working on the flow, you'll find that you're really going to get your heart rate up there. Yeah. It's not just in the flow. Even when you start working on phase two and phase three, you're going to find that your heart is going to be pumping. We're not sprinting, but what we're doing is is having fun and doing some some tough tricks and that what that's going to do it's really going to focus on on not only getting you strong but taking you to that edge and stamina you know you got to look at it for what you need do you need to be able to run a long distance do you need to be able to sprint somewhere or do you just need to be able to have fun and perform those cool tricks so really High intensity work 
it's different depending on what your goal is. And yes, we do have conditioning that we finish every single workout that we do with conditioning. Just for those of you, if this is, if you're new listening to this podcast, on all of our workouts, we start off with our warm up, our joint warm up. We go into our skill work, seeing on a particular skill, and then we finish up with conditioning. And in that conditioning, it can be a series of reps of a particular movement. It can be focusing on jumps, continuous jumps. Tell me that's not going to get your heart rate up. You know, so it's not that we don't have high intensity work and conditioning in there. It's that we use it in a way that is productive to help us get towards that flow and to better our skill work. Yeah, and it's- I want to apologize to everybody who thinks that all conditioning has to look like freaking Brazil butt lift. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if our conditioning does not look like the Jane Fonda workout. I apologize <laughs> to you if you think that all conditioning has to look like that. But we, we do offer conditioning. It's, it's part of all of our programs. It may yeah. not look like what you think it's supposed to look like. But you may have noticed that GMB does a few things a little differently from other stuff. So, you know, our conditioning, we do a different way, too. But, you know, furthermore, you know, outside of the programs, too, we also always recommend doing a lot of we call it active recovery, but that's not the same as bed rest. Um, You know, uh, we, we like to get out and play, you know, with our kids or do stuff, you know, go hiking you know, climb a mountain, go swimming. Um, you know, I go out and do parkour occasionally and, you know, stuff like this. And it's not necessarily part of a program, right? But we think that everyone should have, you know, active physical things that they do on a fairly regular basis that are not considered training. Because if the only thing you do with your body is training, you know, you're, you're either sitting in a chair asleep in bed, passed out on the sofa with some cheese doodles and a remote control, or you're training. Well, you know, which one of these things does not belong, right? Training is the one thing that's moving, and that's a very small, slippery slope kind of step away from the idea that training is kind of like punishment. And yeah. that's that's not what we're about. So we want you to have fun activities that you do that you do not consider training, that you just do for the hell of it and because you enjoy it. And you should be doing enough of these that you get a conditioning effect from it. Sure. I've given the example before of me going out and playing with my dog in the park. And she's a little Staffordshire Bull Terrier. And she can run. She can flat out run. And she loves chasing her ball. And what I'll do is we'll just play a game of who can get to her ball first. Now, that is play. But I tell you what, it's a hell of a conditioning workout. Now, let me ask you this. How do you score your performance and make sure that you're making progress when you raise (laughs) your dog for the ball? Does the dog know that on Wednesdays, uh, Saturdays, and every second Thursday that she's supposed to stop after 20 meters and turn around? Is she aware of this? Yeah, we mark it out, make sure I use cones. I also have a proper Tabata clock set out so that um, our break, you know, our rest periods are timed and everything like that. Good. I hear they make those uh, those uh, infrared dog collars that will actually <laughs> tie in to an iPhone app that's connected to your Tabata timer. Do you have hey, that? You, you know what? Actually, that's a great product. We need to start working on that. We can sell <laughs> millions, millions right there. We'll make millions, I swear. We need to we need to we need to tie up with Nike on this. It'll awesome. it's the next it's the next plug-in for the fuel band. Dude, screw GMB. That's where we're going from here on out. 
We got it. We're millionaires now. Yeah, man, just get out there and have fun, you know? Um, sure, I think that if you're if you're in a sport or something and you really need to focus on your conditioning for that, you know, take the time during the week to um, to work on that. But you also got to have that play. And so, yeah, get yeah. out there, run your dog or whatnot, you know? And um, You don't have to measure and keep score on it. I uh, mean, uh, if, uh, you're, if you're able to get through everything that you do in life without being winded, hey, guess what? Congratulations. Your conditioning yeah. is perfect. That's right. That's very You have adequate conditioning. Yes. Cool. All right, so uh, next question uh, that, was, that was asked on our Facebook uh, wall uh, maybe a, a week or two ago, actually. It's been a yeah. while now. But, yeah. And I, I kind of gave sort of a, a facetious answer at first, you know. So uh, a, guy, a guy asked, you know, what happens after you finish R1, P1, F1, R2, P2, F2, the BBCCs, and, and everything. What happens after that? And, you know, first I kind of joked, I said, I don't know, an angel gets his wings? Um, <laughs> you know, like, but, uh, so, what, what's your take on this? What, what do you think is the end point after somebody completes the full level one and level two curriculum? Uh, you know, we've already said we're not making a level three. No, um, no. And, and we have good reasons for that, which we can go into if you want to. But but what happens after that for you? What do you think? Well, you know, it's interesting. And what I feel is that all the stuff that we're doing here at GMB, it's it's obviously for something. And what I mean by that is, what is your goal? What do you want to be able to do? So, for example, let's say, um, since we were talking about earlier, parkour, let's say that you want to be able to be a better... What's the proper word? Parkourist? Is that proper proper terminology there? You want to better your parkour. Okay. Well, you can go through the whole GMB um, curriculum, and let's say you finish off with F2. Okay. That should be your training for something, for your parkour. So you can always come back and go through the even the f1 series again the f2 series again in order to better help whatever you're doing in this case the parkour it's not that you're just trying to complete the program it's it's like anything if you come back to the program later you're going to find that there's certain things within the program that you'll need more work with and the first time you went through you might not have realized it so you can find you know, maybe you go back and you realize, well, you know what? My handstands weren't as good as, as they really or as I thought they were. And so when you go back, you can be able to spend more time working on a particular aspect of the handstand. Now, that's one thing. Something else you can do is you can really try and see how you can better that. The ultimate goal that we're trying to work towards too is the flow. Once you get the F2, R2, P2 then I say it's time to start putting new flows together. You take the movements and try and really go deeper with those movements and create variations of that flow. That's just an idea. And so it's not that it has to stop. Congratulations, you graduated. Um, you don't have to do anything the rest of your life. It's not that. I think it's going back and looking at you know these, these flows one more time and seeing how you can make them yours and um, doing variations on it. That's just an example. That's awesome. I think that's a really good point, too. It's, uh, you know, and also we should say that if you make it through all of level one and level two in GMB, this is going to take you 
like two years of solid work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's You're going to spend of, yeah. two years training three to five days a week. And in that training, you're going to be, you're not just going to be doing reps of stuff and learning skills. You're going to be learning how your body learns. You're going yes. to be practicing the skill of learning. You're going to be learning how different movements work together and noticing like how your balance tweaks when you start doing this or that, you know? Um, that's going to teach you a lot about yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you can always go back and learn more stuff, but also you'll have learned how to put movements together, how to create, you know, these flows and transitions and things like that. And, you know, whatever your goals are after that, you can play with it and have fun. And you can always continue to work on stuff. But, you know, one reason we are not making a level three is, well, obviously because level two is about where our expertise is going to end. You know, yeah, we're not I'm, professional athletes. Yeah. We, we don't have any need to really create a level three. Level one and level two are going to give you the strength and the mobility and the the ability and and self-knowledge to really be able to improvise and play and have fun and do most things that you would want to do. Now, if you want to be a professional acrobat or something, then you're going to need to seek out, you know, professional instruction at that Absolutely. level. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but you we're, know, we're not about creating yeah. more and more stuff just to just to like milk money out of people yeah. either yeah. In, in martial arts they call it the revenue rainbow right the more colors of belts you have the more that you can sell people belt tests uh yeah. there's a uh, an often compared fitness system right now that is just about to launch a system by which you can send them a video pay them some money and they will either give you a level they will certify you and say that you are level three, or they will not. And hey, if it's really important to you to be called level three, then keep feeding into that revenue rainbow. That's cool, but that's not really what we're about. We're about teaching you to get where you can do the things that you want to do and have fun with it. Yeah, to give another example off of that, over the past two years, you know, I've devoted everything to making these these programs. And so it's not just me making the programs, but I'm also going through the programs that we've created. So, you know, Andy, you mentioned that it'll take you two years to do it. Yeah, that's correct. And that's what has happened with me, starting with Rings 1, going all the way up until right now, I'm finishing up F2. It's the past two years I've devoted my entire life to going through these programs. Now, interesting enough, I still don't feel that I'm at a level, you know, even though I did these programs and, of course, I'm the guy who, who created them, I filmed and everything like that, I still have a lot of stuff and a lot of, lot of movements that I need to work on. And so after I finish up with F2, I'm going to be done with, you know, we're going to be done with filming and, and producing all of these programs. So our GMB curriculum will be done. However, I'm going to be going back and focusing on the things where I feel that I need to to shore up, to better. And so it's, it's really a never-ending process. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, going to you know, try and, and stop and not do anything else. It, it's about going back, looking at what I want to work on, what I need to work on, and 
just how I can make things better. So that's another example of after two years, what are you going to do kind of thing. So. Yeah. So exactly what the hell kind of fitness guru are you, Ryan? <laughs> I mean, what is this? You still need work? Aren't yeah. you supposed to be the pinnacle of physical perfection? Well, you see, actually, I didn't want to say this, but I'm going to stop and just sit on my throne and look down at all my, you know, plebes and just beat them into unconsciousness through my workouts. Um, now, through your we, witty Facebook posts, you better. Yeah, that's all I'm going to do is just sit behind the computer and and just post fun stuff on Facebook. <laughs> well, uh, and, and it's good because I mean, now is the time that you're training, so you can take a few bathroom mirror pics, and we can just keep <laughs> photoshopping them again and again to post for the next three or four years. And then all we'll do is we'll just change the background so that you know, and the lighting, and we're good to go. Perfect. So, Perfect. Yeah. I think we've got we've got our business model planned out. We're, we we'll do that, and we'll sell out to Nike Fuel. See you guys later in the podcast. Bye. Yes. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a, you know, it's a good point. I mean, I'm never going to stop. It's we've always got stuff that we need to be working on. It's just like what we were talking about with Steve Atlas earlier. I mean, he's got a mentor. He wants to keep working hard. We're we look at ourselves of course, um not just as teachers, but of course as students. Mm -hmm. And we've always got to be training. We've always got to be learning so that we can help those that we teach. So, and again, we're not athletes. Uh, I just have to say that again. Um, being a teacher means um, you don't, you, you shouldn't have the mindset that you know everything. If anything, you should always be thinking, how can I do this better? Whether that be, how can I explain something better? How can I look through the eyes of my student in order to help them? And then also be learning about new techniques, um, new movements, uh, looking at our peers, learning from them. So I think that's what a teacher does. Absolutely. And I think we also need to say that the mark of a good teacher is not necessarily the mark of a good performer. Um, yeah. Yes. So I, not everyone knows this, but I think a lot of people know this too. I, I spent uh, several years as an English teacher. And I, I was an English teacher in Japan, even. And you learned them good. I learned them good. Now, learned good. get this. I can speak the hell out of some English. <laughs> I am so damn good at speaking English, you would not believe it. And, and I say this also, I mean, obviously you can hear my rich vocal tones right now. You, you've been stunned by my wit You've been impressed with my extensive vocabulary, if you've been listening to these podcasts. I know that you're, you're impressed with my English-speaking skills. I am a master-level English speaker, and more so than most native English speakers. I, I, had, I got an 800 on the, vo on the verbal section of the SAT. I am so damn good at speaking English, it's unbelievable. But you know what? When I was teaching English to Japanese students, they asked questions I couldn't answer. Oh, yeah. Damn it, those kids. What the hell are they trying to do? Make me look bad? I'm a master English speaker. But what I learned was that just being good at something does not mean you can explain it to other people. And it doesn't mean that you can make other people be good at it either. It doesn't mean you know how to teach it. Teaching is a whole different skill. And luckily, I got you know several years of experience in this and learned how to do it pretty damn well by the end of it. Um, but teaching is not the same as doing something. And there's the old saw, you know, those who can't do teach. Yeah. Yeah, there's that too. And sometimes it's true. But the thing is, 
doing does not make you any better of a teacher either. I actually studied poetry with a man who is a very well-known poet in the U.S., and he was actually a poet laureate of a particular state. He published many, many books and makes his living as a poet. I studied poetry under this guy. You want to know what my finest poetic achievement is? A limerick about tacos. All right? <laughs> Being good at something does not make you a great teacher. This guy was a great poet, but he wasn't much of a poetry teacher, and I sure didn't learn a lot from him. Um, but the thing is, we're very good at teaching at GMB. We, we put a lot of effort into it, and we're good at doing this stuff, too. I mean, you know, we practice this stuff all the time. We're still students, but, you know, teaching is an art form in itself. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to post uh, the blog post about uh, Steve Atlas and, you know, to really highlight that his teaching method actually is very, very interesting you know, and the way that he taught, Jarlo really enjoyed the way that he broke things down and taught things that were, you know, both in his courses and his DVD and both not, and, and made things work for each person. And also, you know, took time to explain things in a way that maybe if the first time you explain it to one person and someone else doesn't get it, we have to change it. That's what teaching is. It's not just broadcasting a perfect message and expecting everyone to just freaking get it. That's exactly. not teaching. That's yeah. preaching. Preaching is fine, but it's not, it's not the same thing, though. Teaching means tailoring the message to the student. And that's what we do with our GMB stuff, and that's why we create you know, materials that have written stuff. They have you know, um, videos. The videos aren't just like demonstration of somebody doing it. They have it broken down with key points and that kind of thing. We have charts. We have all these things to appeal to different modes of learning. And that's the way we see teaching. Teaching is about making it fit for each student. And uh, so we're not preachers any more than we're athletes, uh, but we're definitely teachers. Teaching yeah. is an important skill. And that's also why we're constantly updating our, our, our programs and things like that, because yeah. we want to be able to better express what we want, or not necessarily want, but what our client or our student needs and yeah. so it's tough too because everyone learns a different way and so we just wanted to make sure that we present our material in a way that's going to benefit as many people as possible yeah and there's a, there's a couple of ways you could handle it you know if somebody if somebody if you consistently get feedback that says hey you know what this video is hard to understand you yeah. know one thing you could do is say well you know what everyone else understands it and if you tried harder, you would understand it, too. And you should just keep working at it. And you know what? Also, in the meantime, you should just wait because eventually we're going to update it. But it might be four or five years. So, all right, there's two ways to handle this. So one way is you could say, hmm, well, you know, you didn't understand this video. And that's a shame because everyone else understood it. And if you worked harder, you would probably understand it, too. And so yeah. if you don't understand it, it's your fault and, you know, Sorry, dude, that sucks for you because you're not good enough. That's one way to handle it. Uh, but that's not the way we do things, you know? We were just talking yesterday. We had our, our GMB uh, periodic meeting, and, um, you know, Amber said, uh, hey, I've gotten, like, four questions about this thing in the past month, so I'm just going to go on and update the manual and make a couple edits to the video and upload it and give it to everybody. You know, 
how how easy is that? When we yeah. get when we consistently get questions that say that something is unclear, we just fix it and give it to everybody. You know, so like you said, we're constantly updating, we're constantly improving, um, and and making things more accessible and making things better and better for people. Word to that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so. Uh, now I want to bring it down, bring the energy level down. <laughs> Everybody, let's, let's relax. Exhale deeply. You're getting sleepy. I want you to imagine. All right, I, I don't know what I want you to imagine, but all right, I, actually, I do know. I want you to imagine waking up every morning and feeling totally rested and ready to do the things you need to do. I want you to imagine you know, having the energy and not feeling sleepy or tired. Um, and this is, this is really what I most want you to imagine is improving the quality of your sleep. Um, this comes up periodically, you know, and I'm a huge, huge sleep evangelist. I used to sleep like four hours, five hours a night for many years. And I was like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Oh, who needs it? Blah. You know, <laughs> but you know what? During that time, like I was like so stressed out and, uh, like I just not, not in a very positive frame of mind you know i sleep like eight or nine hours a night now and you know what i freaking love life it is so good sleep is great sleep is really important if you don't sleep well you're not going to be able to build muscle you're not going to be able to release the stress you build up over the course of the day you're not going to be able to integrate new learnings from things you read or things you hear and you're not going to be able to have your nervous system integrate new motor skill patterns. Sleep is very, very important. And I want everyone listening to this to imagine a world in which you had proper sleep. I think it would be so much better. Uh, sleep is so, so, so important. Ryan, I know that you are also a big believer in sleep. What are a yes. few things that you do uh, to improve sleep quality and things that you recommend some easy wins I mean because we can't just say go to bed a half hour earlier yes it's easy to do if people make a priority of it but people are lazy and everyone thinks they don't have time to sleep so what are some easy wins well you know for me basically it's just making sure that I don't know if this is going to be easy for everybody for me it was a half to kind of thing earlier this year um up until around January of this year, I was having a lot of trouble sleeping and that kind of came back to my nutrition and things like that. And so what I would suggest is making sure that you're giving your body the proper nutrients and doing what you need to do in order to help it instead of hurt it. So for example, if you're eating crap in the evening before you go to bed, it's probably not going to sit well with you, and it's going to make it more difficult to sleep. Um, some other things is while you're awake, <clears throat> pardon me, um, don't over-caffeinate. And so I love coffee, but I've actually cut my coffee way down. And now if I have coffee, well, I do have coffee every day, but I only have it in the morning. And in the from the afternoon to the evening, I don't drink any caffeinated drinks that includes teas and also coffee and of course there are teas that are that don't have caffeine in it but i tend not to drink 
um, any tea in the evening. It's only water, or it might be a glass of wine or something so like that. So you're saying maybe I oh. should cut my Red Bull consumption after 7 p.m. down to like three you cans? Might cut down on that. But <laughs> yeah, there's some simple things you can do like that. Also, um, where are you sleeping? This is a big one. Um, I remember when I was in the MoveNet seminar, Vic and I, would, we talked about this quite a bit, and he sleeps in a blacked out room basically so there's no light that comes into his room we do the same thing over here uh, my wife and i <clears throat> the only problem is that my kids love to come in and open the curtains however uh, if you can sleep in a room where there's no tv where there's where there's no light coming in and um really use your room your bedroom as a place to sleep so I'm not saying, you know, you don't, you shouldn't read before bed or something like that. But also something that helps is not watching TV or not using your iPad or your iPhone or whatever electronic device that you use right before bed. It's going to mess with your eyes and it's going to make it more difficult to sleep. Um, other things that I found that have helped me a lot, Scotty Hagnes, when he was working on my nutrition program for me, something that we found was that I was staying up too late and it was really affecting what I was needing to do for my workouts. And uh, similar to what you were mentioning earlier, Andy, and that was that you're staying up pretty late. Now, I really make a conscious effort to not only be in bed, but hopefully asleep by 10 p.m. Some people will gasp when they hear that. Oh my God. What am I gonna do about whatever TV show or something like that? Well, you know, if you're not able to function during the day, obviously you probably need more sleep and your TV show you can probably record it and watch it some other time during the day. Yeah. Um, get some sleep. And I just found that going to sleep at 10 in the evening for me has just oh, solved so many problems for me. That's hilarious, I, too, because actually I go to sleep between 10 and 10.30, too. And I also wake up. I wake up by 7 a.m. naturally with no alarm. Yes, and that's another thing, too. I haven't used an alarm Wow, for I didn't even think about that. I wake up now at the same time every yeah. single morning without an alarm. Yep. And it's awesome. And it's because um, you get enough sleep and your body is habituated and as long as you get enough sleep, your body says, "Okay, I'm done." And you wake up. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Uh, my wife is the same way. She goes to bed actually a little later than me, but you know, she's she's a type of person though who it's time for bed, okay? She puts her head down on the pillow, and I'm not exaggerating. You know, two, three minutes later, or even a minute, she's asleep. It's, wow. To me, that's just amazing. I'm not quite that way. I have to, you know, I read a book a little bit before bed. I don't watch TV. I don't use my iPhone, iPad, or anything like that, but I will read a little bit of my, uh, read a little bit of my book, or I might have read to my daughter uh, with her books, but that's about it for me, and then I'll fall asleep. Uh, yeah, it might not be simple in the beginning, and you're going to have to make some lifestyle changes, but it's well worth it. Well, well worth it. Yeah. Um, like you said, most people are going to have to some prioritize a little bit, yes. but uh, those are some good tips. You know, environment, um, some blackout curtains are one of the best, you know, environmental things that I ever did. I, I live in a high rise in Honolulu, you know, in the tropics with direct sunlight with a southern facing window uh, in my bedroom. <laughs> you think I get some freaking sunlight in the morning? 
Man, <laughs> like I, I invested in some heavy duty curtains and they were like one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. But also in my bedroom, there's only two things. There's my bed and my baby's bed. Yeah, that's it. There, there are no like light fixtures even or like anything. Uh, no clocks. I don't want to know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, that's something too. It's, it's forget the clocks. Yeah. I, I hate those ticking clocks. I'm not talking electronic clocks. The, the actual real clock that ticks. No, get rid of that stuff. You yeah, know, you don't even need it. If your body's, you know. If it's, it goes back to its natural rhythm, you won't need a lot. I actually remember last time you visited here and you were on the air mattress in my living room and my living room ticking clock was driving you nuts. God, it drove <laughs> had to crazy, take the batteries man, out but, of it. Oh, well. That's a good thing for earplugs. And that's another thing, too. If you do have trouble with noises, use earplugs. Yeah. Um, I use those actually quite a bit um, <laughs> when my kids were very young and still screaming during the night uh it helped me a lot so i'm not saying ignore your kids but you know if you do need that sleep that's something that you can use i'm planning on investing in some earplugs uh when my daughter becomes a teenager yeah. <laughs> um so one last tip about sleep and you know we don't recommend supplementing a lot but there's one thing that i think is probably really important most people are deficient in magnesium most people are deficient in magnesium. It's just, it's one of those things that has been uh, used so much and it's not in the soil, so it's not in our plants and vegetables as much. And most people do not get enough magnesium. And it's very, very cheap. Uh, you know, five to $10, you can get two months supply of magnesium supplements. And just take, uh, take a few milligrams, a few hundred milligrams, I mean, uh, maybe 20 minutes before going to sleep. And that will improve the quality of sleep dramatically. Um, and it'll also improve some other things. I'm not gonna get into too much of it, but uh, it, it's one supplement that I, I definitely recommend for most people. And it's great to take 20, 30 minutes before sleeping and it'll improve your sleep quality. Uh, that's helped me a lot, actually. So, yeah. took uh, ZMA yep. and uh, helped a lot. So, find out what is gonna work for you and do it absolutely so last thing i want to mention um you know you you touched on it briefly earlier that you are filming f2 like pretty much right now and yeah. you told me something before we started that i think is super awesome uh why don't you share that <laughs> yeah it's uh of course i love everything i do but f2 is i haven't had this much fun um creating and also training for a program yet uh, i've probably said that about every single program but now that i've done all the programs for gmb f2 is just so much fun um in the beginning it's it's tough it's like anything in the beginning it's intimidating because you're learning new tricks and you're not really sure if you're going to be able to do it but you hit this point and this is just so cool it's like everything we do but in f2 especially you hit this point and things just get fun. Uh, we've got the aerials, you know, front flips, back flips, the handstand stuff that we're doing. It just, when it all clicks together and you start working on the flow, it's just so damn fun and cool. And uh, I'm just loving it. <clears throat> My voice is going out. Tomorrow I start the, the proper filming on it. And I'm just looking forward to it. I'm not nervous about doing it. 
um, just looking to go in there, have fun with it, and show how much I enjoy doing it. So that's about it. That's awesome, and I, I'm really excited about it, too. Actually, F2 is kind of where I was hoping GMB would end up from the beginning. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, me too, it's just really. fun. It's, it's the kind of stuff that everyone wants to do, uh, but doesn't really know how to go about learning. And, um, you know, luckily you and I got a lot of this stuff kind of, you know, from, you know, gymnastics and martial arts yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, most people don't have any way to learn this stuff. And it's just so much fun when you can do it. And so I'm, I'm just very excited that we're going to, you know, get to be teaching this and sharing it with people and uh, seeing more people, you know, get it. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's something, too, I got to say, is I'm not a tumbler. Tumbling was not my... Yeah, you said tumbling was, like, your worst it was not part. my. It was. It was my worst thing in gymnastics. And um, and it, and it doing F2 is extremely intimidating in the beginning. I just really, I, you know, I don't think I mentioned this with you, Andy, but, you know, I was like, oh, God, I don't think I can do this kind of, kind of place. Yeah. But... Um, you know, that's the thing that I needed work on because I was so scared of doing it because I was worried and I didn't think I could do it. That meant that that was what I needed to work on. And I'm glad I did. And it's, this has really forced me to just take my game to a whole nother level. And, and it's just, it's fun. I just, I want to go deeper into this. And, um, of course, F2, uh, like I mentioned, we've got the flips and everything in there, and a lot of people are probably going to look at it and go, holy shit, I don't think I can do that. Well, you know what? If I can do it, you can do it, really. It's one of those things where, you know, it's not rings, because rings, for me, it's not that it's not difficult, but I just... I, I do well with the rings, you know, I do well with the parallettes, but floor, I was always scared with it, but I'm glad that I really challenged myself and stepped up and put in these, these, these more difficult tricks. Now I'm not saying they're advanced tricks, but they're pretty difficult tricks. And there's a couple of tricks in there, a couple of movements in there that I had never done before in my life. Yeah. And just nailing them and just, oh, it's so exciting. So much fun. Cool. Um, and yeah, I just can't wait for this thing to uh, to be done and to to get people doing it. I've I've always loved this kind of thing, and uh, like you know, you you know because we've talked about this before. Like I I don't consider flips difficult at all. Yeah, you know? I don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But they're they're scary uh, when you're starting out. But um, yeah, they're a basic skill, and and once you get them, though, they're so much fun. Oh, so yeah. much fun to just be able to do this stuff. Yeah, and the funny, you know, getting back to that, the funny thing, the flips for me weren't a problem. It was, it was some of the other stuff in there. I was like, I don't want to look like a fool doing this. And, um, but once you get it and understand what's going on, it's, it's pretty easy, actually. So a lot of cool. fun stuff going on. A lot of All fun right. Stuff. So that's going to be coming up before the end of the year. Keep your, keep hearkening for the announcement. <laughs> Hark, hark, uh, GMB's got some news to drop. Or, well, we will at some point. So yeah. uh, so keep keep hearkening uh, unto that time. Um, <laughs> so that's going to wrap us up for today. And if you did learn something useful or if you simply found us mildly entertaining, we'd appreciate you giving us a rating on iTunes, writing a short review, sharing the podcast with your friends, 
or just erecting a small humble shrine to Ryan in your bathroom. Any of these things are suitable and we appreciate you for it. You can find out more about the GMB method uh, at goldmetalbodies.com. Get in touch. Hey, we're here to help. Thanks for listening and we are out of here. Later, Gator.